Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. I'm Scotty Conley, a.k.a. Scotty the Body, and this is the Border Podcast with Scotty the Body. For the last 20 years, I've had some type of role in the skateboarding industry, including my time as a sponsored skater, many years working at Skate Park of Tampa, and my current job at the border. So, in the midst of this current pandemic, I decided to start this podcast so I can catch up with some old friends I've met along the way, and we can talk about the past and present with highlights in my beloved hometown of Tampa, Florida. So sit back and enjoy. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you hear the Capadonna. That means you know it's time for the Border Podcast with Scotty the Body. And uh, before I get started... Uh, before I begin, I just want to take a second and make sure everybody out there knows how much I've thoroughly been enjoying doing this podcast. I've been connecting with old friends. I've made a few new friends. And uh, this has really helped me mentally get through what's been happening in the world this past year. Uh, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of COVID. And I'm super hopeful that this vaccine means the beginning of the end. Uh, 2020 was the slowest year for me work-wise in a real long time. Uh, I went from being on the road for over at least 120 days in 2019, 2018, 2017. And then just, just with the snap of a finger, I saw that number drop to 15 days on the road in 2020. Uh, with the lack of traveling comes the absence of all those friends I've made along the way, man. And uh, that, that one person I would see that one time a year when I'm in New York for a weekend, uh, just missing out on that, missing out on the contest reunions and just all of those little meetups around the world that make skateboarding so special. Uh, not seeing all of those people on my travels um, have made it so much harder for me to say goodbye when we lose someone. And uh, I, I straight up, I've lost four friends in the last month. It's been hard. I've been mentally drained and my heart is broken for these families dealing with these losses. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew, like, don't ever be afraid to reach out to someone. If you're not feeling okay, don't ever be afraid to hit up a friend and make sure that they are okay. If you think something might be wrong. Uh, so before we begin, I just want to uh, send a heartfelt rest in peace, rest in power and rest in glory to Mark Waters, Henry Gartland, uh, Paul Larson and Alana Gavin. Uh, sleep easy, my friends. We'll, we'll see you down the road. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get through that. Let me bring in our guest. Um, I originally met this guy in London, England, when we were hired to help the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. with their InEscape program. Uh, the InEscape program 
was designed to present skateboarding and its progressions in board science and the technology of the materials and uh, how skateboards were made and progress in design through time. And uh, we usually work with Dr. Paul Schmidt. And also we would work with Josh Friedberg of USA Skateboarding on these projects. And the goal of the whole program is to expose more people to skateboarding with an educational approach and some hands-on learning. And uh, the last time, like I said, we were in London, England. And one of the main focuses on that particular Inescape event was about the emergence of adaptive skateboarding and how the sport is really growing and getting support behind it, along with uh, the wheelchair Moto X scene, uh, which is shortened as WCMX. And uh, for those unaware, adaptive skateboarding is for skaters with disabilities. Uh, for the older skaters, think of Ogda Souza. And newer skaters, think of uh, the dude riding for Birdhouse, Felipe Nunez. You would see him doing the loop. He had the cover of Thrasher recently. And um, I believe both adaptive and wheelchair Moto X are now featured at X Games. And with the help of USA Skateboarding, they're trying to be added to the list of events at the Paralympics. So today's guest is one of the guys leading the charge behind the scenes, but also competing and carrying the flag for the adaptive community. So without further ado, let's bring in my friend, Oscar Loreto Jr. Oscar, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, my man? Scotty, what up, man? Thank you. That was Thank you for that warm introduction, man. And just uh, I second that heartfelt uh, emotion, you know, shout out you gave earlier because I, I, I knew uh, uh, Mark Waters as well. Oh, man, what a great man. I'm sure you were working along with him because with his role in USA Skateboarding. Yeah, most definitely, dude. He was the former TM. And uh, it's funny, before he got sick, he, he and I were uh, working on this project to like help propel adaptive skateboarding because he's always been an industry insider that would always you know, hit me up and pick my brain of like what really adaptive is because a lot of people, the concept was still still very new. But yeah, Mark has just had such a great heart and a big heart and loved skateboarding. And yeah, shout out an RIP to him and everybody you mentioned. And yes, I, I uh, second that notion, that heartfelt sentiment for sure. Yeah. And uh, not just an industry insider, but an industry leader, man, like Mark. Definitely. Um, well, there will never be another like him and he will he will never be replaced. Uh, yeah, and that's going to be tough moving on in skateboarding without him because he did so much for for everyone in skateboarding. But um, we're going to try and we're going to get through it. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just to get this start, just to uh, get and, you know, that helped get the conversation with you started. So that man's work will be seen in skateboarding for until the end of it. Oh, for sure. So he's going to be le legends never done, die, man. Everything he's done will not be in vain. So uh, just to get this this part of the conversation out there for everybody so we can uh, just, you know, have a visual. What is actually like the, the like we're talking about adaptive and it's uh, like skaters uh, with with, you know, disabilities. So uh, what is actually the scientific term for for what is going on with you and, and what does that mean in actual like layman's terms? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so to give a breakdown, if nobody's heard of adaptive skateboarding, it's uh, basically skateboarding for anybody with a physical disability. Um, in my personal case, <clears throat> I was born with a congenital birth defect where I wasn't born. I'm missing my left foot and nine out of 10 fingers. Um, and the medical term is, is just a congenital birth defect. But basically when I was in the womb, 
not the umbilical cord, but I guess there's other amniotic bands that help the fetus grow and everything. They uh, wrapped around my fingers and left foot preventing development. Um, I was born in the 80s. And so, you know, unfortunately, there wasn't technology to show my parents that like, oh, you know, your son's going to be missing this or missing that. So, you know, I popped out was a surprise. But, you know, by the grace of God and the love of my parents, uh, they raised me the same as they would any kid. And I'm super for grateful for that and credit my beautiful mother for just instilling, you know, that notion of like a hey, you're still a human being that can do whatever you want to do. Okay, so so uh, that confirms my next question. So this is something you were born with, but uh, yes, the adaptive scene is all over. With you know, there's like dudes on wheelchairs that possibly have been like paralyzed in accidents. Um, people maybe like lost a limb in an accident. Like right, right, right. Yeah, that's correct. You're 100. You're spot on. Um, the whole goal of adaptive skateboarding is to be as inclusive as possible. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a congenital birth defect. You could be an amputee. Um, but yeah, a lot of uh, the adaptive skateboarders out there have a crazy kind of, you know, interesting origin story as far as their, in terms of their disability and then how skateboarding, you know, was the common denominator to that positivity and to teach them life lessons and get them back doing things that they wouldn't, didn't think they were able to do after their accident or because they were born a certain way. All right. And, um, uh, through, through your life, have there been any like surgeries involved with, with what, with, with your, uh, situation? Yeah. Given my own story, my disability, um, some of the surgeries that happened with me on as far as on my leg and my hands were very early on as an infant. Um, so I only know about like stories that my mom told me and then the photos I seen, but they were basically, if you meet me, I have a, you know, a little thumb on my right hand, on my left hand, there's no finger. So it's basically like, imagine if you just ball your fist off, but there was no knuckles and it's just, you know, right at your wrist where it would end. Um, but I guess the doctors try to clip off. I guess there was some, extra, I don't know what the medical term is, but some extra, you know, skin and bone and tissue hanging off my uh, left leg. So they surgically removed that, tried, added it to my right hand to try to make a grabbing claw, like to grip things. Yeah. So if you meet me, like I could grip your hand a little bit, but it's, you know, I don't have that much pronation. So, but I mean, to me, that's, you know, the cards I was dealt. So growing up, I just had to work with what I, what I had. All right. All right. And then, um, I know you're, I know you're a father, but, uh, correct. Like you got a couple kids. Yes. Yeah, I got two kids and a lovely wife. I think your answers to the previous questions kind of answered this question, but this wouldn't have been something that like you would have had to worry about passing along to your children, right? Because this is like something like an accident that happened in the womb. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually, it's funny that you bring that up because it was a trip when my wife was pregnant. Every doctor visit we had to go, like the first, like the the doctors would like stare right at me and be like, oh, okay. And then if that would be the first question, like, oh, is yours genetic? And I was like, no, this is just a birth effect. Okay. So, so you know, we had, yeah, we ran through things. But, you know, fortunately, um, mine was not genetic. And uh, thankfully, and either, even if they didn't come out with nine, you know, 10 fingers, 10 toes, I'd still love my kids as much as I love them right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd, absolutely, of course. Right, right, right. Then, That's what, uh, like, uh, every parent, you know. Older than- <laughs> yeah. uh, my daughter's nine. My son is six. Okay. So, they're, are they starting to, uh, like um experience the joys of skateboarding my son is my daughter i tried to brainwash her at a young age um but as she got older i think around six or seven 
she didn't really want to skate with me as much. She got into soccer. And now that she's going to be 10, she's getting more into like video games and normal 10 year old stuff, which I, you know, it's fine. I understand. I'm not going to try to force her, but um, I'm stoked on my son that the brainwashing worked as an infant and playing all the skate videos in the background. All right. And yeah, he loves skating and he skates with me as much as he can. That's awesome. So uh, your kid fell into skateboarding. Your daughter's now into soccer. Um, how about you? Are you like a big sports fan outside of skateboarding? Oh, yeah, dude. I love traditional sports. Um, if if you've ever seen anything on my story before, like I always say credit that skateboarding saved my life and stuff. But that doesn't mean I didn't like traditional sports. Um, growing up, I was like the cliche dude in your PE class that was the handicapped kid that would get picked last. But that never deterred me because like I yeah, can yeah. I can buy you up on the car and the basketball. You know, I All can right. throw a spiral football like I'm down like I can I'm down with it and I love watching it. And uh, my team's um, I know you guys just want to congrats. Shout out to you guys in the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's right. But my, <laughs> my team's the L.A. Rams. And All right. The Lakers well, uh, basketball. Well, um, I just want to let you know that bet online is speaking of sports. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Just like I've predicted, I've been saying it all year, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. And while football might be over, don't worry, BetOnline has your back. The NBA, NCAA college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. And I'll tell you what, did you guys see that Super Bowl streaker? Wow, yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard, he made, I heard he made a killing doing it. And if I made that kind of money, you want to know what I would do, Oscar? What would you do with that money, Scotty? I would go to ebay.com slash sneakers and spend some loot. That's right. From rare dead stocks to the latest releases, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to get that pair you've been looking for. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. And with other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Yeah. So check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. All right. So back to Oscar. Um you're, you're growing up, you have these disabilities, you said you're last to be picked, um, but you still grinded, you still wanted the ball, you still wanted to be in sports. So at what age did you kind of see skateboarding for the first time and think that might be something you wanted to try? Uh, it was pretty late bloomer compared to like most of the generation and younger kids today that start off, you know, like at four-year-olds or like my son, like at three and four-year-olds. Um, I was a late bloomer. I started off at like 14, dude. Yeah, that's about me too. Yeah, like seventh grade. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, it was really my cousin, Peter. He came over to a family party and uh, I'd already seen him skate at his house, but never really like 
paid attention to it until this one family party in the summer where he came over to our house and he was skating on my driveway. And then I, the only, the thing I remember that like I fell in love with was when he kick flipped and I was like, dude, how the hell did you do that? Yeah. And he was showing me, he was just doing a bunch of ollies and shove and like, he was good. And then right, right away there, that's what hooked me. And then eventually shortly after that is when I saw the Comer ad in CCS and seeing okay. obviously John Comer doing a kickflip where his fake leg came off and me yeah. having a prosthetic leg too. I was just like blown away. I was like, Oh shit. I was like, if this guy is in magazines, like that's what yeah. I want to do. Okay. And a funny story about John Comer. Uh, the first time I ever went to go to Tampa pro, um, I, it was in like 1997 or 1998, but John Comer was there skating. And uh, in the middle of his run, he like slammed and it was the old vert ramp on the inside of the building at skate park at Tampa. And they just had like rope on the edge of the ramps as the board uh -huh. to like keep the the uh, the boards from flying out. Like you know, they like just right from hitting the crowd and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just to try, you know, like one little effort to like keep the board on the ground if it was like <laughs> rolling into the right. So um, John Comer's like full on front side air eats eats shit slams, and his and the his leg gets caught up in the rope and completely rips his uh his uh prosthetic leg off oh my gosh and I, I have this footage on a vhs tape somewhere in my in my office uh -huh. and he you know gets on his on his you know one knee and his two knuckles and like hobbles over there like puts the puts the gimmick back on gets up and continues his run and that was one of like the first things i saw at, at on professional skateboarding so mm -hmm. I, I was like oh wow like i i saw that from day one that what was what was possible in that realm and then right. course, like Agda Souza coming out. Um, like, obviously you're familiar with him. Like, yeah. Like, uh, like he actually made the finals of Tampa pro one year. That's so sick. Yeah. Aug and Comer were actually the first like two dude, like wheels of fortune that I saw in four one one growing up. Yeah. And, and dude, like when Agda Souza like came and skated Tampa pro, the energy in the building was like, like he tore the house down. Yeah. Like, I bet. Ripping. Like it wasn't even like, uh, like, like pity points or nothing, man. Like he, he earned it. Like he destroyed that place. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, dude, I just, I just thought that was like, just growing up and in, in, in that scene and seeing Tampa pro and Tampa am like every now and then there would be like, there, there'd be an adaptive dude, like in, in the late nineties, early two thousands, but it hadn't been called adaptive yet. Right. But, you know, there would be, you know, a guy, an Ogda Souza type guy or a dude with uh, that could stand on the board but had double double uh, arm braces. Mm -hmm. I remember. I can't remember his name. But um, just remember seeing all that through time. And uh, now we have the term adaptive for it. And it's amazing to see, like, all the custom built and custom specific gear that is homemade to each individual skater. Um, mm -hmm. I think it really is like a true testament to like the DIY spirit about skateboarding and what skateboarding is all about. Yeah. It's so, crazy um, how the, the evolution of all that, huh? Yeah. So, um, tell me about, uh, like your gear, like your, uh, prosthetic leg, um, what type of special stuff do you have to help you out and how has that gear like evolved over the years? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely I can tell you for any um, hopefully there's some uh young adaptive future ripper listening right now that it's definitely gonna be trial and error. The same way trial and error to figure out you know what type of shape and size skateboard and wheels and trucks you like. Um, 
as far as with somebody with prosthesis going, like a prosthetic leg, for me, um, so I was kind of fortunate with my quote-unquote amputation, if you will, from the birth defect. I got a long residual limb, which basically means I still got my tibia bone. Okay. Um, a lot of adaptive skaters, as you saw over the weekend, some of them have, uh, you know, shorter tibia. So that's why you'll see some people with prosthetics and have the longer, like, metal pole okay. reaching down from maybe the middle of the leg to the ankle. Um, I don't have that metal pole. Like, so my socket is, is made out of carbon fiber. It's self-suspending. So basically what that means is I, you know, I have my, my stump leg. I put a sock over that, this little uh, silicone liner, which basically is just the cushion and shock absorber. And then that goes, both of those slide into the, the socket of the prosthetic, which is made out of carbon fiber. And then my prosthetic foot is basically the biggest thing that I had to really trial and error. Um, shout out to College Park and the Venture Foot, because it wasn't until John Comer to to, to gave, advise me basically to reach out to this company because just like John, I was breaking my prosthetic foot on backside stuff off of stairs or out of a bank, any backside flip, backside 180s. And then, you know, if you bail out, you know, sometimes you land on the arc or the ball of your toes. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're up high in the air or whatever. So my prosthetic foot, when I would bail out like that, would always snap until I got, you know, was put on to College Park by John Comer. So growing up, when I first started getting good at skateboarding and started, you know, challenging myself and getting better, my prosthetic doctor, uh, Chad Marquise, was like, dude, like, you keep breaking these. And he was stoked. He was right stoked on it because he was like, I've never seen this before. Like, you're crazy because, like, he'd only worked with, like, track athletes that had prosthetic legs and other things. Okay. And I was the first, like, you know, skateboarder or action sports so, person that, yeah, so it was a that, that he worked on. Exactly. Yeah. So it helped him, like, you know, evolve in his practice. So. It wasn't, yeah, until College Park is the really biggest thing for me, for my personal foot. Um, but if you talk to other adaptive skaters, you know, they're going to probably credit like, oh, this one, you know, like ankle plate wedge that I could put in my prosthetic helps me mimic ankle movement. And that might help me. Or you might have the arm amputee say like, oh, you know, it wasn't until I got my, you know, electric hand because otherwise I was just landing on my stump and ruining my stump, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but for me, though, it was that college park venture foot that basically saved my skateboarding and for me to always snap shit. And it would suck, dude, because I wouldn't always have backup feet ready to go. You know, like I could snap a foot just skating in the skate park and then I'd be, you know, walking off funny for the rest of the week at school until I had a you know doctor's appointment. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. So, uh, like, how, how fast does, like, your like the technology of what you, of, of your equipment, like how fast is that changing? Like new, stronger metals, uh, like different tech, like different stuff. Like how, how has your gear changed since we met in London? That was probably like two and a half years, maybe two years ago. Yeah. That was what, like 2018. Like how, how fast is like, uh, the, the technology and the gear keeping up with you and evolving with you? Uh, I think it's pretty rapidly evolving. Um, I I'd, I'd want to say, I dare to say that's kind of too rapidly advancing where it's like, maybe I, I saw this one thing at a convention online last year that uh, now they have like computers in the ankle part of the prosthetic foot, which sounds gnarly. And obviously I think it's expensive, but like, I don't know, for me, I'm more of a, the, 
if I find something I like, I'm gonna stick to it. And if yeah, yeah, if if there's a new technology, like I'm gonna be not skeptical or sketched out, but I'm gonna be a little hesitant to be like, because I'm just you know, a man saying my way sometimes and giving me that new technology, I might be not too down. But I think um, overall, it's it's catching up. It's it's right there neck and neck basically with how the technology for any adaptive person needs to skate it's out there for sure all right that's awesome so uh like i said in the intro i I met you in london england a beautiful country and we were there doing the uh in a skate event (laughs) and uh we did the event and we like you know briefly uh hung out had a couple drinks like skated a little bit but uh, we, we really hung out when we were, we were uh, in an elevator and me and, and the boss man, Ryan Clemens, were talking about going street skating the next morning. And you perked up and you were like, whoa, where are you guys going? We were like, mm-hmm. South Bank. And you were like, all right, let's go. And that's usually we, we tell the person like, yo, like we do this before work. Like we usually have to be on site at like 9 a.m. Right. So we're waking up at five o'clock in the morning and we're in the lobby at 530 and we're on the streets, like skating for a couple hours, and then we're back, and then we're at, on site to work at 9 a.m. Right. And usually, when we tell people that, uh, that they don't really ask about street skating after that, like they kind of <laughs> back out. Uh-huh. Um, it's understandable. Not a, a lot of people are going to want to get up at 5 a.m. to be street skating, but that's really the only chance we get. Sometimes we're like in these super exotic destinations. Like I'll be in Shanghai, China, but I can the only free time we really have is between 6am and 8am on right. these days. So it, it's, it's either that or not skate at all. And I mean, I'm not going to go to Shanghai and not skate. I'm not going go to go. Exactly. Paris. I'm not going to go to Paris and not skate. And I'm certainly not going to go to London and not, not go pay my respects to South bank. And uh, I'm glad you felt the same way because you beat us to the lobby and you were ready to go. And <laughs> dude, we had a, Great day. Went to Buckingham Palace, went to South Bank, went around, had a beautiful tourism day in London. And uh, the entire Inescape thing went awesome. Um, I met uh, also Dan Mancina, another mm-hmm. dude who is like very, very visible in the adaptive community and the, the entire skateboarding community, uh, being honored with a pro model street court, uh, pro model skateboard by Real Skateboards. And it was just super cool to like, cause he asked me to like help him walk the street course and describe all the obstacles to him while he was feeling around with his cane and kind of right. getting, like a, getting hit, doing the things that he has to do to adapt to his surroundings. And um, dude, it was just like super eye opening to see all the things like some people are willing to go through just to skate. And it also made me feel like a giant pussy for sometimes when I just sit at home and complain about my, my knee being hurt. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's just like, God damn, what am I complaining about, man? Like, like it, so thank you. Cause like, it's a, it's a reality check sometimes. Like, like sometimes I like, I don't like, you know, I'm in late thirties, definitely mm-hmm. don't skate as much as I should definitely don't skate as much as I want to. And you know, it's easy to complain about it. And it's just awesome to see you guys doing what y'all do because it, it just kind of reminds me to, you know, shut up and skate and <laughs> like just fucking do it, man. Like it'll yeah, it'll hurt, but yeah, it, 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 it hurts yeah. more to not skate. Exactly. No, I, no, thank you for that, and I appreciate that. And I, I mean, I want to thank you and, and Ryan Clemanson, like, because 
Loki, like in London, I was like, that was my whole goal. I was like, dude, I'm gonna be in London. Like, I'm gonna try to cram in as much shit as I want to. And that was actually one of my like ideal spots to ever skate because I I think they were gonna remodel the South Banks after that. Yeah, and maybe. and then yeah, and then, right now, right. Um, so then I was, yeah, that's when, I, and then in the elevator, I was, when you guys were talking about, I was like, dude, I'm going to invite myself. Like, I'm so down. And dude, yeah. Like we're, anybody is welcome. Like we're not some like elitist skaters or like these like top level dudes, like trying to like have a spot to ourselves to get footage or nothing, man. Like we're like, we all, we're always inviting people and, and very rarely does somebody make the call at 530 right. AM, but you yeah. did. Yeah, I was down, and I'm grateful I did because our, you know, our paths cross, and like, I'm like, I'm super stoked on everything you guys do, and and I'm hyped that you know it helps the uh, helps me out promote the adaptive stuff, and um, obviously led to a great friendship, and like how you mentioned in your monologue, you know, I always I have the same thing, and like after the 2019 and meeting you guys in London, I was like looking forward to going back to London in 2020, you know, and then yeah. but COVID obviously killed all that. Yeah, and uh, you're you're never gonna be mad about the times you went and skated. You're only gonna be mad about the times you didn't go skate. So just right. go skate, man. Like you did it. So uh, and then another dude I actually met out at the Inescape thing was uh, the homie Aaron uh, Wheels Fotheringham. Yeah, Wheels is a rad dude. Yeah, dude, he's killing it, and he's he's on the uh, like the wheel the wheelchair uh moto x side of things but he's actually like doing like mega ramp on it right yeah he's doing he he propelled himself and i'm super stoked on aaron i met aaron when he was not even he was pretty like 16 i think um and he was already doing you know he didn't call it he hadn't uh coined it wheel wcmx wheelchair motocross yet um but for me it's you know he was wheelchair skateboarding which is sick yeah and then like uh we both got invited by uh, Adaptive Action Sports, who has the ties in with X Games through one of their founders, Amy Purdy and Daniel Gale. They basically reached out to X Games and was just like, hey, uh, you know, we have this group of, of skateboarders with disabilities. And um, can we, you know, like just do a demo or something? And I think, you know, after their persistence, their perseverance and work, we were invited. Uh, I forget what year it was. I think it was 2013 in L.A., and then it was, I think that's how Wheels was able to meet Pastrana because I think Pastrana saw him dropping in on the vert ramp rolling, like okay. just during practice or whatever. And then from there, like Wheels took off. And then I think that's how he became part of Nitro. And then he was just on like that. Uh, what was it? What's that TBS show? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I just actually, I was, I actually saw him on TV. He was on the new TBS uh, talent show called The Go Big Show. Yeah. Um, it's hosted by Bert Kreischner. Uh, the judges are Snoop Dogg, Rosaria Dawson, um, and then uh, one, a professional wrestler named Cody Rhodes. Mm -hmm. And then there's one other judge that I can't think of her name right now. She's like a blonde, like singer, actress type deal. I'm not sure, but I remember flipping it and they're like, it's Aaron Wheel, it's Wheels. I'm like, what? I know this guy. Like, You're like, I know that dude. <laughs> like, I know that guy. And, and it, it, it's starting to happen a lot more lately and my my wife is just like how, how do you know all these people because like we'll be watching a netflix show and i'm just like oh i know her like mm -hmm. oh i know this guy like it's getting pretty cool but um yeah I, I saw wheels on the on the tbs show and i was actually kind of bummed because i bet on him to win the episode and uh -huh. he oh so i guess i'm gonna have to go back to bet online 
the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And yes, that's right. Bucks won the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, that means the one of the loves of my life, football, is on the shelf for a little bit. Football's done, but don't worry. The NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality television. Who's getting voted off on the next Survivor? I don't know. I've never watched it, but you can bet on it. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is your online sportsbook experts. Get the sign-up bonus, win a couple parlays, then take that money on right on over to ebay.com slash sneakers and spend all that loot on some fancy things for your feet. That's right. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to get that pair you've always been looking for. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you so you can shop with confidence knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the true sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for, you guessed it, more sneakers. So check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. And now, since we're in full commercial mode, let's go ahead and pause for a few words from Travis Pastrana and my friends at Just Live CBD. All right. So like you said, uh, just before that commercial break, you guys have uh, been a part of X Games as of late. So how long did you say that was been going that has been going on for? Uh, that was since like 2013. But real quick, oh, I'm going to have to oh, jump oh, on that bet online and get on early on my Rams to repeat history and have the Super Bowl in their home stadium, too. Ooh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and then go sell my Kobe's on eBay. Nice, nice. All right. Well, um, so you guys have been a part of X Games, and now along with uh, the help of USA Skateboarding, you are trying to get adaptive actually added to the events at the Paralympics. So how's that been going? And what, what have you guys been going through with that? Yeah, it's been a really cool opportunity, man. Like, um, I know there was a lot of, you know, noise and talk out there when skateboarding was announced to the regular Olympics. Um, yeah. And, but I just think it's a super cool opportunity to get, to me, it's a no brainer, like adaptive skate, like I said, it's been around for decades. Um, I think finally in the past, you know, five, six years, we've been getting the, the growth and momentum going up to where, you know, I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't that there's all these, you know, red tape and politics and to getting a new sport involved in the Olympics. But to me, I wish it was just as easy as a simple, like, yes. And we get that stamp of approval and we could have been in Japan last year or this summer too. But I mean, right now with a partnership with USA skateboarding and the deal we got going on with grind for life and the border, we're hoping just it, to have paved the way and have all the, you know, check boxes marked in order to get the inclusion that we need yes and uh you know we've been working uh towards this for you know quite some time over at the border 
And over the weekend, we finally unveiled the addition of adaptive skateboarding to the Grind for Life series that we run. Uh, we did our first stop in St. Petersburg over the weekend, had almost 200 skaters out there. And I just wanted to make sure I thanked you guys for coming out and being a part of it all and uh, welcoming you guys into our Grind for Life community that we've been helping build for like five or six years now. Um, just welcome. Uh, glad you guys are with us now. Uh, yeah, I was man, we're super curious. stoked. Yeah. Um, so I was curious, uh, are, are we like the, maybe the only contest series that is offering adaptive skating, like right alongside a, a competition of able-bodied skaters? From my knowledge, you guys are the first doing that. Um, because in the past adaptive events were normally just standalone and either hosted by like, let's say a nonprofit organization or by a prosthetic company. Okay. Um, but it was always, you know, exclusive to adaptive athletes. Um, for me personally, growing up, what you guys did on Saturday was so sick. And like, I felt comfortable because me growing up down in California, there was only one skate park locally. They had contests, but I'd always have to enter against all the able bodies. But similar to like, you know, how you described the, the energy and everything with AUG at Tampa, like, like that was me to the locals here like they would just be stoked like oh this little kid with one leg is gonna come and try to skate and then and eventually it's like oh shit he's he's winning the contests <laughs> so but yeah but the, you guys are the first and i'm super psyched and super excited of the, the the rollout of the program and it's only going to be good things and you know upward momentum from here yeah for sure and uh, i i gotta say man i liked your squad like you got a cool cool pack of people y'all hang out with man and thank uh, you thank you they they hung out by me at the announcer tent all day they were joining me making jokes uh i like to you know do a little karaoke during announcing a contest just anything to get through the day and they were singing along um yeah. and they, they brought two <clears throat> huge essentials to any great skate contest uh that being dogs and women uh <laughs> great job um and when it was their turn to go they were so hyped to be there like we said like the, the energy was great everybody you could tell was just having like a great time and you could tell that the uh the um you know local grind for life like the, our regular grind for lifers that have been mm -hmm. with us for all those years um you could tell that they were just like wow like you could tell they were impressed too and were excited to watch it and everybody supported it and uh i i just wanted like I, I thought it was awesome and no, uh, yeah thank you for that yeah no on behalf everybody was super stoked and like humbled on the fact of how open and welcoming everybody was on over the weekend like and and that's how it should be to me man like skateboarding that's how like you were mentioning earlier yeah, like, that's how i got to meet all my friends and they're like we're all like just down and like yeah, we're not uh, jerks to each other <laughs> skateboarding's always been for the outcasts that got picked last at pe yeah exactly and like we were one of those you were one of those it's all so right. why, why wouldn't we be hanging out together and, and doing doing skateboarding which was you know created as an anti to all that other stuff uh exactly why, why wouldn't we be doing it together it completely makes sense but um who, who are some of the uh like the more advanced people out there in your division like that we should be looking out for uh there's a good handful of, uh you should be looking out for um Andy Hernandez, he was there over the weekend. Um, yeah, I saw him. 
there's one cat who's like super talented snowboarder as well evan strong um he was invited to the x games jam in 2019 he rips on a skateboard he's originally from uh hawaii okay and i know uh I think someone said um, a few of the people that were at the contest Saturday are actually were uh, Paralympic snowboarders. Yeah, there's a few of them. Uh, Mike Miner, who is the arm amputee. Yeah, he's grapes on the snowboarders too. Um, but if you ask me, he was telling me he's a skateboarder at heart over the weekend. Yeah, that's he why told me the he, same thing. He told me the same thing. Yeah, that, that's why he enjoys adaptive skate stuff. And that was only uh, his only his second adaptive skate event, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So I'm super stoked to have him on the squad and coming out to more events. And then uh, Kiana was the uh, the beginners women's adaptive champ. She's okay. the other uh, adaptive snowboarder. All right. Yeah. And then, but you got people like Teal Pearl who was out there. She was the girl ripping on the crutches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, everybody's got their own, you know, niche and demographic. Yeah, what they're good at, their, but like, like every single one of them was doing something completely different from the other other guy because. Uh, you know, they have a, a, a different issue to work towards and a different right. uh, a different way to that they have to adapt to skateboarding. Like the uh, yeah, the one homie, I, uh, Pellet, Pelletier. Yeah, Daniel Pelletier. He's that was the first time I met a, met him and skated with him, and psh, dude, blew me away. And I'm so hyped yeah. he took second. Yeah, yeah, man, he was killing it, and he was like, um, you know, something similar to Og D'Souza. Exactly. And yeah, he had his whole thing set up. Like his whole setup is completely custom made for him and it, right it, yeah if you saw those like shoves in his hands that he was doing so he could get pushed and not beat up his hands better like that's all technology that some of the adaptive riders have come up with themselves like this the uh the concrete <laughs> it's like a concrete uh tr- was it trowel i guess or like the yeah like the spreader looking thing yeah yeah the, the thing that uh construction guys use to smooth out concrete right right i don't know all these technical terms for construction stuff because i feel so <laughs> Nor I do I. Lucky, I've never had to have a job in that in that realm. The other uh, the other dude, you guys should keep uh, your local boys, man. It was cool skating with Brandon White, and I've seen him in We Are Blood, and like you know, low key was fanning out because I was like, oh, dude, this dude rips. But the one kid you guys gotta keep an eye out in the adaptive world, and I think he's gonna make it. He's gonna break that barrier too, like the Augs and the Felipe Nunez is gonna be yeah. Josh Tanakos. Like he. Oh, tank Tanakos. Tanakos. sorry sorry if i sorry if i yeah 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 name, josh and, uh, <laughs> and, but he and rips. He, yeah he's been competing at grind for life for a couple of years now him and his brother and uh i didn't even realize like i was announcing his contest runs for a year and i didn't even realize that that you know he one was hand missing yeah a, missing a hand <laughs> right until i was looking at him on instagram and he's got like the one-handed skater instagram hashtag mm-hmm and uh, I was like, wait a second, what? And I looked, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So when we announced the adaptive, it was ex- exciting to see, like, that he was able to have, you know, that division for – because he, he, compete, he competes at the, at, the, at the top level with his age group anyway. Right. And so he'll definitely be somebody to look out for. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had to keep an eye out for him in skateboarding in general because he's going to yeah. break that mold as well for sure. Yeah. And – um. Yeah, man. Uh, I was curious. Do you guys always travel around in a big pack like that? We try to, man, just because like how you mentioned, like a lot of us, the adaptive skaters are scattered across the country. So it's really only like once or twice a year we get to hang out and, you know, try to cram in as much bonding time as possible. And uh, yeah, we just try to roll deep, dude, mob deep and wherever we go. So, I, you know, I told him about the event and 
you know, the ones that could show up, were able to show up and shout out to all of their individual sponsors and people that supported them to get them out there. Cause that's one of the biggest hurdles just so, you know, not everybody's like, we're not all, you know, the same uh, level as pro skaters financially wise or whatever. So yeah, yeah, a lot sure. of them, you know, like, you, I know come you, out. Work for, you work for spectrum, right? Yeah, yeah. I work for spectrum networks. Yeah. So, I mean, you're doing all this and you got, you're holding down a full-time job, got a family and two kids. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of them are in that same boat as well. Yeah. Well, uh, Hey man, uh, I just wanted to have you on here, have a little talk. I just wanted to make sure you guys knew that as the, at speaking for the border, we're super hyped to have you guys at grind for life. And I can't wait to see all you guys at the rest of the stops throughout the year and, uh, just getting to know you guys and helping you guys, uh, push your limits and also push like the legitimacy of what you guys do. So you can, so you can be included in the Paralympics as soon as possible. It was a long road for skateboarding to get recognized for that. And, you know, it's, it's a long road to, to be recognized by, by that group. But once you are, you know, we'll, we'll get you in there, man. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help in any way I can. And so are we at the border. So I appreciate appreciate that, Scotty. That means a lot to me, man. We're super grateful and thankful for everything. And like, so thrilled to be partying with you guys because you guys are workhorses, man. With everything, with the weather conditions over the weekend, like you guys. Oh yeah, if, if you didn't, so so impressive. If you didn't see the the coverage of the event over the weekend, uh, you can check it out at gflseries.com, and uh, you'll see like we we show up on site at seven a.m. for these events, and it, it we we got there and we're greeted with a torrential downpour until about eh, nine thirty, and then the drains weren't draining properly in the skate park. So we probably had water uh, probably had about maybe nine inches to a foot of water at the bottom of the street course where everything fed it, that all the ramps fed into. Mm-hmm. And dude, as soon as it cleared up, got out the squeegees, got out the leaf blowers, got, got out a blowtorch, dried that place up, was able to run two divisions and then had another two hour rain delay Sun came out, did the whole thing. We were able to get done with the contest around, I think, maybe 9, 9.30 at night. Usually those contests are done around 5. Um, it was a long day, but it was, dude, we had to get it done. We have a streak at the border. We've never had an event canceled uh-huh. due to weather. Now you guys went full beast mode, dude. It was so, so tight. Your, your whole squad it's, rules. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable <laughs> for us. To, yeah. I mean, we have like a five to six year company wide streak, like like the the sign in like uh, factories that say like 132 days without an accident. <laughs> right, right. Like we have that type of legendary streak to protect. And we have done events all over the world. We've dealt with rain on several continents and never once have we had to cancel anything. And we weren't trying to start on Saturday. So we had to make and we had to let make sure like all our customers knew that we were in it. Like we were there, like we were not going anywhere and we're going to make sure we get this done. Yep. And we had a bunch of new guests. Like we had all these new, we had maybe like 60 new skaters that were new to grind for life. That, and that's 60, mm-hmm. that's the parents. And you know, you never, you, you always want to make a good first impression. No, you guys totally did for sure, man. All right. So uh, Oscar, you got any parting words, man? No, just thank you to you guys. Uh, and uh, just come check out if you're uh, an adaptive skater listening to this, you never competed or skateboarding, just come out to the events. There's going to be learn to skate clinics before the events and 
know, you're going to be with the right instructor, teach his foundation, spot you for you don't bail. And he didn't hopefully motivates you to, to try out the, the depth of skate support everything going on. Hell yeah. And like that, Oscar Laredo Jr. Thank you so much for being a guest on the border podcast with Scotty. You guys. And uh, we are going to peace out back to my main man, Capadonna. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.